Lord, we just thank you today for that video, that song, what it represents, God. You bless us in so many ways. Ways we don't understand, ways we don't pay attention to. But God, you are a God of blessings. Lord, I pray today as we're here today, as I speak, Lord, use this message that you put on my heart just to remind us of that in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. I'm Fred Bates. I'm the congregational elder here. And um, a warning in advance, I'll probably tear up a few times during my message today. Um, when Dolores sent that out to uh, Stephen and Philip and I a few weeks ago, um, I was just watching it, and Stephen had asked, you know, if I felt myself or Philip really felt like we would speak anytime soon. And when I watched that video, I sat in my office and just <laughs> tears were welling. Because it reminds me of how much I miss God's blessing, how much I don't pay attention to the blessing that he wants to deliver to me. But more importantly, the opportunities that I have to bless other people. Because the blessings I get, that's not what matters. It's the blessings that God allows me to put in other people's lives. And I think I'll talk about at the end of my message today about Jesus was an example for us. Jesus lived a life on earth to experience as a human what we experience so we could experience the good, the bad, but he also experienced the blessings so we could understand everything what it was about being a human. And then he went on to have blessings for eternity with us if we're willing to accept that relationship with him. So back in March, I spoke about that God is the same yesterday and today and forever. That he's the same, excuse me, that he wants to bless us and that he wants to use us for his kingdom. And if God is the same yesterday and today and forever, and if we believe that in our heart, then we should be able to take him in his word that he wants to bless us, right? I mean, yes, no, yes. I mean, if he really wants, to, wants us to believe that, then we should be able to take him at his word. But I think sometimes we wonder, you know, does, does God really want to bless us? Does God really want to bless me? Do I deserve to be blessed? What about this? I have a friend of mine that made some mistakes when he was a young man, and I've witnessed to him for probably, goodness, 20-some years. And in his heart, he says, you know, God's never going to forgive me for what I did. And I think about that, that somewhere in his life, he thinks that God is not a God of forgiveness. But it doesn't matter, and it hasn't stopped me from still talking to him and sharing with him. Every time I see him, and I don't see him as often about how God still loves him, and God still cares about him, and God does want to bless him. And I can see in his own life, based on his upbringing of what I know, that there's times in his life where he has blessed he continuously, it's a long story, but continuously blessed the mother of his child, they never got married, for about 20, about 20 years, 18, 19, 20 years. He did the right thing without a court telling him to, and years later, after she had a marriage that failed, unfortunately, the two of them got married, 
And I think that was God's blessing that he had always done the right thing for his children. And they have a wonderful marriage today. Wonderful marriage. So a man that's not a Christian, but God still, because he grew up in that, he has that blessing for doing the right thing. But so much more for us as believers, or the potential to believe believers in Jesus Christ, that where do we miss that when we don't accept God's blessings? The other challenge that we all have, we all look around at times, and we look at other people. I'm guilty of it, so I'll point at me, and we go, well, God, why am I not blessed like they are? Or they are. Why can't I have that? Why can't I do that? Why won't you bless me in my timeline, not your timeline? We've all been there, right? How come it's taking so long to answer this or do this? Or why can't I see fruit in this? Or I've been working on this for years, God. How come this isn't working out? And where am I not seeing this happen? Why am I not seeing results in this? I have to look back at Jesus. Well, he waited around 30 years before he really even started his ministry. So there's an example for us. We look back in the Old Testament, people that waited 40, 50, 100 years for God's promises to show up for them. Well, my patience wouldn't make it that long. (laughs) I'd have a challenge with that. So the verses that we're going to look at today, you've all seen them before. They're verses that we all know, especially if you've been to Living Waters for any amount of time, and it's Numbers 6, 24 through 26. And it's the blessing that comes from, uh, from the Bible, and it talks about that the Lord bless you and keep you. So the Lord wants to bless you, and he wants to keep you. It's personal. It's not the Lord wants to bless them and keep them in a group. It's It's personal. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. There it is again. It's back to, it's personal. It's got that personal touch. God wanted you to know that it's you he intends to bless. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Let's take it step a uh, step further. Let's go back to verse 24. Let's make it really personal. The Lord bless David and keep Stephen and make his face to shine upon Ed and be gracious to, we'll just walk right around the room, Terry Lynn, each one of you. I mean, think of that. When you at times think about that God, does does God really want to bless me? Does he really intend for me to be blessed? Does he really want me to try to make a difference in other people's lives? Put your name inside of that verse. It goes from you till it takes a personal. If there's days where I know getting ready for this message this week, I've had to apologize to my wife more than once for not having kind words this week about something stupid that was me stupid, not her stupid. <laughs> me stupid, not her stupid. Where I, I missed a blessing, but she gave me a blessing anyway when she said, thank you for apologizing and gave me a hug. I mean, that's a good example. I didn't deserve that. But she still blessed me by forgiving me. So this blessing that comes from the Bible, it's the Aaronic blessing. I used to say Aaronic. It was funny, Stephen had to correct me one time. I'm like, why does it say Aaronic? And he just laughed at me. And he's like, it's the Aaronic. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I missed that. 
And this is a blessing that's spoken over a congregation or gathering. We usually do it at the end of a service. That's usually where you see people to do it. But I think the most important thing about it is it's a way that God, to remind us that God is for us and wants us to see us as we are. Understand that when God wrote those scriptures, he already knew there would be days when we knew we would not feel like we deserved his blessing. He knew when he wrote that, that there would be days where we would miss the opportunities to bless other people. And he still wrote it. And if you put your name in there, the Lord be gracious to Fred, to Carol, to other people. And you could put someone at work that really some days you'd rather not bless them. You'd rather say some other things to them or somebody you meet somewhere. Put their name in there and think about that, of how will God allow me to bless them today? Because that blessing, God understood, is exactly the way that he made you, why that it is that way. So the word that comes from blessing, it ties back to the Hebrew. I don't know Hebrew. I had to look this up. And it was funny when I sent these notes to Philip. Spellcheck does not like this word, and I won't say it right, but baraka. um, It's tied to the word blessing. And when you read about it, it comes from the verbal root of Barak, which is to kneel, to bless. I thought that was very unique, that the root of the word talks about kneeling. So the idea about kneeling in worship, kneeling and blessing God, kneeling and blessing others, which we think about blessing other people more than we think about blessing ourselves. If we think about blessing God, more than ourselves, then naturally that just makes it that much easier for God to turn around and then bless us. Because I don't think he'd have put it in the scriptures about that blessing if he didn't want it to be a a two-way street. I really don't think so. Sometimes we do think about that. We think of it as a way that it's only blessing for us. We think about how's God going to bless me any number of ways. But we forget that it's really about how is God going to use us at times to bless others. And as I wrote my notes here, put it in caps, we also need to remember that God is the source of all blessings. All blessings. There's nothing coincidental in the way that God works. There's nothing that just happens in the world. God is a God that's not sitting up there watching and saying, let's see what they do to mess it up today. He is involved through through the Holy Spirit. He is a part of what we're doing. He's there when we take the opportunity to bless people, but he's still there when he goes, "Ah, they missed it this time, but that's okay. They'll get it next time. I know they will. I know they will. So let's look at another verse. In Deuteronomy 7, 9, It says that know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his covenants. So in the longer version of that song, The Blessing, it talks about that. It talks about generation upon generation upon generation. And that's one of the things I love about that song so much of how it was written And the scriptures that tie to that song, because it reminds us that God's intent for us on earth, when he made the earth, was for us to be blessed, 
generation to generation to generation. He never wanted there to be a gap of families, of tribes, of nations. His intent was that blessing just to keep going and never miss. He wanted that. But he also gave us their free will to either choose that blessing or to not choose that blessing. He gave us the opportunity to make that choice. So I'm going to tell you a story here that kind of ties to this. So since 2008, uh, I've been part of a, uh, of a yearly event where we bring in freshmen and high school students. We bring them to uh, Western Kentucky to a military training center. And um, we bring these high school students, freshmen, sophomores, to a weekend where they learn about leadership, team building, serving, and how to go back to the communities that they're, that they're from and how then they serve others. Um, it's very unique. It's kind of developed over the years. Um, I was honored to be asked to help years ago. In 2007, I was actually asked to help with it. Um, it's called Rotary Youth Leadership Award. That's what RILA stands for. And we've done it every year except for the years of COVID. We had to do virtual events, not as big, but it was the best we could do. And this was our first year back. Um, I even participated in RILA from 2010, 2011, when I was in Afghanistan. Um, I did videos and I sent them back. The only thing I couldn't do is um, do this game that we do that's a Lost Dutchman's gold, game, gold, gold mine where we mine David as much gold as what? Come on, David. David's leaving me hanging as we can. It's all about them figuring out how to work together as a team. It's just one of the events we do. And you see these young men and women that come in through the weekend that guidance counselors and principals and teachers have selected from their schools that are given a scholarship to come to this. They don't pay a dime out of their own pocket. Their families don't pay for it. Um, and uh, they come to this weekend, and most of them are not the type of kids that are like the top rung, academically outgoing, that are anybody's ever going to pick. A lot of them are middle to low income that maybe somebody just sees a spark, and somebody just needs to give them that little push. And that's why we bring them there. Uh, Andrew was part of it with me for years. Now David has taken up the mantle and he goes and serves at it with me. I've made some great friends at it. Not only some of the students I have met, but the adults I have worked with it over the years. But frankly, I've kind of been getting tired of it. I mean, I've been doing it since 2007. <laughs> I have been involved with Ryla for District 6710 with the Rotarians, and this longer than anybody else. And me, 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 my is tired of it. I mean, I just, I was kind of hoping, I was praying, bad idea, that really, oh Lord, please, let's just not do it this year. Then we'll never have it again. Yay. I was actually thinking that. Ask Beth. I was really, I was kind of wishing and hoping for that. I was just ready to be done and do something else. Um, but I got ready for it, got ready to go to it, and the closer we got, after 14 years, I started to get excited about it. Started pulling together the resources. We had somebody that was in charge of it this year that dropped out at the last second. Something happened in their life. So all of us came together as a team, the adults. We were pulling people in from everywhere. If you know anything about Rotarians, they're all about service. I was a Rotarian when we lived in Murray. Um, now I just... I'm an honorary Rotarian that's not allowed to ever stop being part of this, is what they tell me. 
so much so that next Friday I'm speaking at their convention. I think it's to remind me that I can't stop being part of this. And that's okay. That's okay. So we got all excited. I was so ready to go to this. By the time we, time we went, it was an opportunity for David and I to go, and I was, I was glad to do it. Um, but as we went through the weekend, you know, I just kind of noticed. I always notice every year a student or two that just kind of sticks out. It just always happens. And it's usually that young man or young woman that's just kind of there off to the side and participates, but only participates just enough that they don't get hurt, that they don't have to expose themselves that they don't have to let anybody really in to who they are, and they're okay with that. I always notice that. So this year was no different. As we went through the weekend, um, there was a young lady that stood out. I would just see her. The group would be sitting around a table eating dinner. They'd be doing an activity together. They'd be planning something for their service project, and she would like sit right at the edge never say a word, but she would be engaged, laugh, but never say too much. Just kind of would just be involved enough that she didn't have to risk too much. And I saw her more than once throughout the weekend. I mean, just, it just, this young lady just saw her and it just, I, we'd be doing something and it would just be like, hmm, notice right there out of a quarter of my eye. I'd do something, 20 teenagers would walk in the room and this young lady would just, catch my eye out of the group of 20, and I'd move on to the next thing. So one of the things that happens every year is, is um, we do a non-denominational service on Sunday morning in the last few years. They've asked me to lead that, and I'm honored to do that. We have team leaders, adults that come, and students that come, and it's voluntary. They don't have to come. Some of the young men and women have figured it out. If they come to the worship service, they don't have to start cleaning everything, the barracks, uh, the bathrooms, the facilities we've used, mopping floors. We don't make them buff floors. But, I mean, we have to clean everything up at this facility we use. So some of the kids have figured that out. If I go to this worship service, I get a less, one less hour of cleaning. But this group of kids, not so many figured that out this year, I guess. It's okay. So about a, about a third of the students and about a third of the team leaders showed up. And as we walked in that morning, I was getting ready to prepare and I was getting ready to speak and David and I were talking, and we had some worship music playing. And this young lady walked in right then. And she sat down, and it was like right then. God just tugged in my heart right there. I just knew I was supposed to speak to her. I knew it. So I asked one of the adult female counselors to grab her and, and come with me. You know, we have to do like everyone else. You know, we're not alone with students. We have to be very careful about that. And um, asked her if she'd come out with, outside with me to talk to this young lady. And I was just standing there talking to her. And if you've been around me, tears welling up just a little bit. And I just started saying over her what I felt God put in my heart to share on her. Was that God had a purpose for her life. He had a plan for her life. That whatever was going on in her life, that God knew about it. And within about five seconds, she just started bawling just crying. And the lady who was there was crying. I'm trying not to start crying, trying to just speak these things over her. But we finished talking and sharing through that, and I just wanted her to know. And I don't know anything about her situation, nothing. But I knew I was supposed to share that with her because that's what I was going to talk about that morning in that service with those students. But God wanted her to hear it personally from me that he had a purpose for her life. 
And I had no idea why God wanted me to do that. We composed ourselves, we went back in, and we had the worship service. So there's blessing number one from the weekend. I listened to what God told me to do. He nudged me, and I was blessed just right then, knowing that what he, not what I said, but what he wanted her to hear blessed her. And I knew it right then and there. I knew it did. Just the way she responded. And that adult leader that was there, who that's the first time I've met her, uh, Erica, and the first, or Robin is her name, first time I had met her, and she just looked at me as we walked in, and she was like, wow. And I'm like, eh, not me. <laughs> not me. And we talked later on. I'm like, I, that, that was not me. I, God wanted her to hear that in her heart. She needed that. So later that day, we finished cleaning everything up. We've got all the students ready to go. I pulled into a parking place over where they're gathered at a picnic pavilion. There's two empty parking places between me and a car that pulls in. There's no coincidences. Nobody's parked between me and the car that pulls into over. And a man gets out of his car and he's standing looking over at the students. And I go, hey, are you looking for the students? They're over there kind of doing pictures, got their phones back, signing shirts, t-shirts. And as soon as I said that, I knew who he was. You know who he was, right? It was your dad. It was your dad. I just knew it. And I walked over him and I said, hey, I need to share something with you. And I told him the story. And as a father, he sat there and said to me, he said, you have no idea what her year has been like. She went from a public school to a private Christian school. There's just been a lot going on in her life. He shared kind of what was going on. And then he said to me, he said something to the effect of, it is so awesome when God uses people to speak into youth. And I'm so grateful that you did that. Blessing number two, that dad encouraged me because God used me to encourage his daughter. Wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have been there. So after the closing ceremonies, we do this, the parents come, they show up, we do a lunch together, and then we do a big closing ceremony, the students get to be part of it. Um, they honor me with one of the things they do as a leadership award, they've named it after me, and I get to be part of presenting it, and if you've been around the military, we give them a Rotarian coins, and we do challenge coins that are part of it, and it's just, it's, it's really honoring uh, every year when I get to meet the student that's, that's named as the leadership award winner for that year, and the, the young lady who is that this year, um, she is a preacher's kid, and her mom came to pick her up, and her father's a, a Baptist minister down in um, Mayfield, Kentucky, down near where all the tornadoes were. That's really ble- another blessing that I forgot about of meeting that young lady and, uh, and talking to her. So at the closing ceremonies, the young lady comes up to me with her father and says, hey, my dad and I, can you take a picture, Mr. Ba- Colonel Bates, that's what they all call me, Colonel Bates, with, uh, with me. My dad wants to get a picture of us together. And she comes up and we get up there and we take a picture together and she takes a step away. She looks at me and just loses it again. <laughs> just cries. And I'm like, all right, God, I'm good, but that's blessing number three. And she just, with her father standing there, said, thank you. That meant so much to me about where I'm at. 
And as I was leaving that day, I didn't really understand what that was, but the lady that's the director of this says, I saw her and her father sitting over at the picnic table by themselves off to the side, and when she and her father sat down, he sat next to her, and she just cried her eyes out to her dad. So all that, whatever was welled up, welled up, all that year of challenge she had, God used this weekend to just, and me as a little piece, to just bless and help work through that. The girl's an amazing volleyball player. I saw that uh, the teens out there, students one night, playing volleyball, and she's got to serve. They didn't know what to do. Good grief. So blessing number four, that's always a great. David and I got to spend the whole weekend together, working together. Long days, David and I go from about 6 o'clock in the morning till 10 plus o'clock at night because we're the ones that are doing all the support to make it happen. We're opening doors, closing doors, getting resources, whatever needs to be done. We're helping to run some classes. But David and I get to do that weekend together. There's another blessing, blessing number four. And knowing David, David and I, on the way there and the way back, we get some really interesting conversations going. That's blessing number four. Then I'm on the way home, and David and I call Beth. Hey, we're on the way home, and I start sharing the story with Beth about what happens with that young lady. And Beth reminds me, as only my wonderful wife can, she said, when you forget why you're supposed to be doing this every year, you need to remember that young lady and the time you spent with David. Because I'd forgotten it. There's blessing number five. The wisdom of my wife reminded me, we even passed all of that of why God uses me and David, and at one time Andrew, to just touch these students' lives just a little bit. So imagine if I had just said, nope, I'm done. I don't want to be part of it. I'm good. I've given my time, I've served, I, 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 (laughs) what blessings I would have missed on. But more importantly, the blessings that God would have used me and David to bless those students that were there. Because really, that's the blessing that's more important. I walked into, I didn't even have this in there, I walked into the local pet supply store. Now we have a puppy we spend more time there than Kroger. <laughs> I don't. Somebody else in our family does. And we walked in there for puppy classes. Beth was gone, and I walked in one night, and a lady walked up to me that was working in there and said, you're that guy in the military that serves in that youth thing. My son went, and he won that leadership award a couple years ago. Thank you for doing that, because he still talks about that. And I'm like, I remember him. He was a quiet, not out of his shell. And she starts talking about that he's still the same person, but he's a little bit more outgoing. He's become a leader doing some things. And she just shares about how it just kind of changed him just a little bit. Now I'm going to pause to mention something here. Now that I've said these things about this, you need to understand Fred Bates is not some special person when it comes to this. I don't have some special... E.T. phone home, some special line with God when it comes to the blessings like this. I'm like everybody else. I miss God's blessing as many times, I think, as I get it. I do. Because I don't use a kind word. Because at times I'm lazy. Because at times I have other things to do. At times I need a break. (laughs) All those things that we all run against. We all have lives. We have kids. We have jobs. We have 
on and on and on and on. But the sad thing is, is the times it's not then when I've missed the opportunity to be blessed, but the times that I know I have to remember that I've missed the opportunity to bless somebody else because I wasn't paying attention, I didn't have time, I didn't want to be involved, or I just had something better to do. We all need a break. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we need to run ourselves on the ground, but keep that in mind when sometimes an opportunity comes up for something and you're like, oh, if I have to go do that one more time, if I have to serve one more time, if I have to go to that job one more day, if I have to deal with that person one more time at that office that just drives me, you may be the only person that gets to bless them the entire week and just say, hey, I noticed you changed your hair. That looks pretty cool. Well, it doesn't work with both guys because our hair always looks the same. I know. But... Also, I want you to understand that blessings come in many forms. Some of us, in uh, Americans especially, I think we tend to think that God's blessings are health, wealth, prosperity. We think in that term. We miss that God is the God of blessings. We think like this, God's way beyond that. God's blessings at time come joy, peace, hope, faithfulness, health, a kind word, that sometime may be the blessing that's all somebody needs to get them through a week where they've just about had enough. So don't think that, that I'm up here only talking about like the wealth blessing or the health blessing because it's life and that's not always how it, how it works out. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't. But understand that God in his infinite wisdom he chooses to bless you in any way he sees fit because, frankly, he's smarter than you and me. And he knows the blessing you need more than we ever know or before we could ask it. If you would have asked me before going to Ryla, did I need the blessing of a young lady crying because I talked to her for five minutes, I'd have been like, no, I just need this weekend to go okay and all the resources to work out and me not to be exhausted by the end of the weekend. That's the blessing I wanted. God's like, nah, that's, missed it. Sorry, eh, wrong answer. You're gonna be tired, worn out. Things aren't gonna go exactly right. Technology's not gonna work out. Have to change a classroom. Some of the things David and I needed to get things done just didn't work out right, but we figured it out at the last minute. Went and bought a whistle for something at Walmart, so I had it to do an event. I couldn't even find the whistle when I got there. <laughs> Just a stupid little whistle. I couldn't find it. You know, I love how Justin Ross of Sparrow Missions explains it. He said it to us a few years ago when we did a missions trip. Um, we were discussing why do people spend time and money to go serve in Honduras? Rather than just send money, there are some that ascribe to when it comes to mission work, and there are some missionaries and mission organizations out in the world that actually say this, that you would be better off sending the check. We can take care of more local pastors, people local, da-da-da-da, and do more ministry than if you Westerners come to our nation and get in the way. Some people will think that. But the thing that Justin reminded us of, he says, you know, it goes more, and I'll read this because I, I thought it was really good. I just remembered how he had told us. It goes farther, and that's more important than you just going to Honduras. It's the fact that we are blessed because we spend time there, so we get something. But it's more important that we bless the people of Honduras by showing them that we care enough about them to spend time with them. 
that we're willing to sacrifice to spend time with them. And it blesses Sparrow's team because then they know that they're not alone, that people are supporting them as they're in the trenches and working with the Honduran people. That's why we serve there. That's why Beth and I are going in a couple weeks because God's allowing us to go. We finally have an opportunity to go. We're going to go with Justin and Brooke and a couple other people and spend some time there to do that. But what if you can't do that? What if you can't go overseas? You can't afford missions trips. Just to use this example, okay, well then find someone that's going on a missions trip somewhere in the world and you be their prayer warrior. You be the person that prays for them. You be the person that says, hey, I can't give you a lot, but I can give you $5 so you can have a coffee in the airport in between. Most of them will be like, awesome, I will take this and I will use it. Or they'll find somewhere in country where they'll use it. Find a way that you can bless others that know that they have a heart for missions. I mean, that's just a small example. If you personally can't because of health or finances or any other thing, or it's just not quite you, then find ways that God can use you to be a blessing to others. Because if you ask him, and you really, as, as that Hebrew word said, if you're willing to kneel, which as I said, I at times don't get this right, kneel and put other people's blessings before your own, He'll point things out. Just be ready for what he points out because it may be outside your comfort zone, may not be something you want to do. It may be something that you're just tired of having to do one more time. And God says, well, I haven't told you you could stop doing that yet. I need you to keep blessing there until I tell you to stop. I'm at that point. I'm I'm in the U.S. military. I'm at that point where I have no idea why I still sit and do the job that I do every day. It's just boring. <laughs> but until God tells me to do something else, then that's where I'm supposed to serve with the people that I work with and doing what I'm supposed to do. And I saw this last week, a hint when I was preparing for this, part of the reason why, if I would have just paid attention to it. One of the people that works for me, we don't click, not in a bad way. We are two different leadership styles, like night and day rub raw different leadership styles i am very much a personal on hands get out and do hold people accountable let's go team building give people wide margins of do he is very much a the type of person that likes to sit in his office talk on the phone you may sit right next door to him he won't walk next door and has a conversation he actually sends you an email drives me freaking nuts Get off your butt and walk over to my office. I am a full bird colonel in the United States Army. He's only a lieutenant colonel. I get off my butt and walk to his office 99% more of the time. However, however, God has reminded me, do you need to make it about you or are you going to get off your butt, Fred, and go over and talk to him? And every time God says, get off your butt and go talk to him. And you know what started to happen? The more I've done that, God has allowed me to bless him and break down that wall. And that's part of the reason why I'm there. Because we actually have conversations now and he actually has started telling me about his family and his life. He's just, that's the type of person, not bad, it's just the type of person, leader he is. It's different than me. So God is in the, just getting ready for this, trying to show me, hey, there's a blessing in this as long as I have you here as you will get it. 
because it's okay, I've got something else for you to do next, but until you get this one, we're not moving on to the next thing. And that's okay. There's times where we need to know that. So here's a couple verses to illustrate this. From Psalm 103, 17 and 18. But the steadfast love of God is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. I like this version from the English Standard Version because it says children's children, just as the song The Blessing says. That it talks about that this blessing can be giving to your children and your children's children and your children's children because that's what God's intention was and is to this day. It's not changed. Next verse. Um, verse 18, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. So we've got to keep that covenant. I talked about that during the last time God has that covenant set up with us and we remember to keep his commandments. I like that it says remember to, remember to do his commandments. Now we're all human. We all know that we remember to do things, but it doesn't say and must do them or you will pay the penalty. God is a God that loves us and cares for us and there are times we remember what we're supposed to do, but we all don't do it, right? We know that we're supposed to be a blessing to others. We know that it's not about us, but we're human and we still forget it. But God still intends for that blessing to be given to our children and our children's children and our children's children and just ongoing and ongoing. That's his intent, but we all miss it sometimes. Next scripture I want to talk about is Psalm 118, 6 to 7. The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me, he is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. So there's going to be times when you're challenged um, of how you need to step out and bless people. Where someone's going to come against you, there's going to be something in your way. You need to know that if God points you in that direction to bless others, to serve, to do God's got this. He's already gone before you and prepared the way. God already went before all the details to make Ryla happen to bring that young lady there at that exact place and time and her father to park two parking places over from me and no one else between us. That does not just happen. You know why? Every other parking place in the entire parking lot was full. There were no other empty parking places except the two between he and I. That's it. God knew where he was going to park. God knew where I was going to park. And he knew I needed that blessing when I talked to that father. He had already put it together. He'd already made it just right. So if you're worried that maybe I won't be able to handle it, I'm not going to be prepared for it, that's where you have to reach back to God and go, God, I need some help for this. I'm out of my comfort zone. God, I am tired of serving in this way. I don't want to do this anymore. Well, then take it, God, to tell him. And he's going to say, Keep working it, I've not released you, or okay, I get it. I need you to do this a little longer. Now I need you to serve here. Now I need you to do this. Or hold on, you just haven't seen the blessings that are coming from that yet. Just in my timing, be patient. Another blessing that we talk about is uh, from Abraham, and we talk about the blessing of Israel. When Abram came out of... Um, came out of his homeland and went to found Israel from Genesis 12, 1 through 3. 
The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. That's tied directly to the blessing that God gives over Israel of those who bless Israel. Not that they're a perfect nation. They make mistakes just like our nation, but God commands and directs that we bless Israel. And nations of the earth that bless Israel will be blessed in return because of it. I think you're seeing throughout the Middle East, those Middle East nations, I, I, one of my master's degrees tied to the Middle East, so I love studying it, paying attention to it. And that ties to the fact that you see these little small, little small nations have made the decision to do trade agreements and to come to terms working with Israel and their nations are being blessed slowly. I was reading about one the other day that um, their nation was one of the first, wasn't Qatar, I think it was the United Arab Emirates, I think that's who it was, but they decided to have relations and how they've been blessed. They're not having issues of terrorism and other challenges, but they also for our nation that for years have also allowed churches throughout their, throughout their nation. And they allow different faiths other than Islamic faith to be in their nation. And they protect it and say that we will respect other people even though we don't agree with it. And God is blessing them. And they are doing well as a nation because they now have also decided to have relations with Israel and be tied to Israel as a nation. I'm going to skip over to, uh, we're going to skip that next verse. David, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the woman at the well here. So the woman at the well, um, it's in John 4, 7 through 42. I didn't put the scriptures up, but I just want you to kind of know about these verses and know about this story. If you remember the story of the woman at the well, Jesus is there waiting in a Samaritan village and the disciples go into town to get some food. And this lady that does not have a good reputation decides to come out and fill up her jar of water and all the water she needs in the middle of the day when no one else is there. So she doesn't have to deal with the ridicule and the scorn. And Jesus begins to talk to her. And she says to him at one point, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan. This is in verse nine. How can you ask me for a drink? And in verse 10, Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So their conversation goes on and they talk about living water. And then Jesus really challenges her and says, hey, go get your husband and come back. Jesus knew she didn't have a husband. She knew that she had had five husbands and currently was living with a man that wasn't her husband. And then at one point she says that she knows about the Messiah. And Jesus says in verse 26, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. It goes on in verse 39 to 42, and it talks about how she goes back to the village and she tells the people, come meet a man who told me everything that I ever did. She doesn't say, it's interesting, the scriptures don't say that I've met the Messiah, I met the man that can save me from my sins. All she says is, I met the man that can tell me everything that I did, it piqued the interest of the people in that village so much that they came out and talked to him. 
What if the woman at the well had just told Jesus, nah, get your own water. I'm not doing that. What if she wouldn't have gone back to the village and told the people, hey, where have you been today? Nowhere. Did you meet anybody at the well? Nope. What if she would have kept it to herself? I mean, there's lots of what ifs in that story. Would the people of that village receive the blessing of Jesus staying for a couple of days there? Maybe. Maybe there would have been another story like this. I don't know. Maybe this is the third or fourth time this happened. And maybe this was the first woman that actually did this. I don't know. But she decided to actually accept the blessing that Jesus was giving her, talking to her about her salvation and about becoming a believer. And she accepted that blessing for eternity. She goes and tells the people in the village who then she thought more about them and then they received the blessing. If you think about that woman, do you think she even liked most of those people in that village? I mean, she had to go get water in the middle of the day because they didn't like her. They ridiculed her. They talked about her. All the other women came to the well and were probably pretty nasty to her, but she goes back to that same village and tells them, come meet a man that told me everything I did. I'm sure there were some people in the village that may have not gone. We're like, well, I can tell you what you did. They probably were gossiping and talking about her, but the ones that went and met Jesus, now we know about him for eternity because that whole village was changed because she was willing to take that blessing she'd received and go give it to someone else and say, come meet this person. I just think that's a great example of that. So in your own lives, where have you, where have I been told that, you know, I don't have time for something. I don't have a desire to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't need to do that. I've done that too long. You know, where is God through this today telling you, you need to be willing to kneel in order to bless others And then if you get a blessing out of it, great. But if you don't, the more important thing was that you figured out a way to bless someone else and to serve them. God wants to bless each of us. I mean, he really does. And as I told you before, don't think of this as a blessing of just health, wealth, prosperity, and da-da-da-da. There's many, 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 many more important things than that. Those are the least important things. Least important things. The example I can think of that just came to my mind the last couple of days is think of the, this abortion debate that's just got so horrible right now of what's going on based on the Supreme Court. There have men and women that have gone through that and have to deal with that for the rest of their lives that have aborted a child. I mean, that's horrible. But the awesome thing is to know that through a relationship with Jesus Christ, God can redeem that and bless them for all of eternity with that child and restore that relationship. But on the other side, there are people that are saying, no matter what it takes, no matter how late, I don't care if it's till the second that child is born, we should be allowed to kill that child. They are missing out on the blessing. They're only seeing the curse and the horrible and the challenges of children versus the blessing that come from them. And I know there are people that haven't been able to have children, have never had them, or have chosen just not to. I understand that. 
But I think God redeems in other ways and gives those people just many other ways that he blesses them and uses them with other children or helps them to just be blessed so many different ways besides that. I think that's just, that's one of the biggest things about this debate going on right now. It is just so much. Abortion in our nation used to be a little bit like this. Now it's become really a black and white issue. It really is. And I think God is doing that on purpose to help people to pick where they're going to stand. Are you going to stand or are you going to say, well, no, the United States should be like two horrible nations, China and North Korea, and do whatever we want and kill whenever we want. Because that's what we're compared to in most states right now. It's pretty horrible. Even most European countries don't have abortion leniency like we do. And we always think that the Europeans are crazy. I do. Most of the time. Because God wants to bless me, he is for me. Think of that for yourself. Because he wants to bless me, I can have no fear about whatever he challenges me to be part of. Because he wants to bless me, I can believe he sent his son to die on a cross for me and my sins. Because he wants to bless me, I can have faith that he is the same God today, yesterday, and forever. And I know some of you, as I'm finishing up here, some of you are going to ask, you're going to be like, well, I know, but if God wants to bless, why do, why do bad things happen? Why did I not have health? Why did I lose a child? Why did I lose a relative, a husband? Why have I not been healed of this health issue? Why did I not have success in this job or promotion or on and on and on? We all can ask those questions. Why did I have to experience that trauma growing up? Why am I experiencing that trauma now? And I, I don't know. But my question would be for all of us, if Jesus Christ had to go through life as a human, if he had to go through joy, love, hate, puberty, criticism, strife, people mad at him, people spitting on him, people questioning why he was there, they thought he was crazy, most likely losing his father at a young age, people scourging his body, agony to death on the cross, and him having to bear the weight of your sins and my sins, well, does that answer your question? You know, I don't want it to sound trite at all, but if Jesus had to experience life, we're going to have to experience life. We have to. But it's this temporary thing where we have one shot at going through life and using it to be focused on ourselves and what we need and we want, or God, how do you use me to bless others and serve others? And in return, it says God will bless you. It's a promise. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. We have to experience life to experience the blessings. We have to go through what we go through in this life in order to get God's blessing. You can't have one without the other. You can't skip it. It doesn't work that way. There's days I wish it did. I wish I didn't have to do a year's long worth of work and all the extra stuff to get ready for that weekend with those students to get that joy of that weekend. There's some stupid thing on on, uh, Instagram that's like skip to the good part. Yeah, that's not real. That's not how life works. 
you have to go through life to experience God's blessings. We all have to. But it's going through those things in life that are where if we look back, most of us wouldn't change a bit of it if we could. I wouldn't. The struggles, the challenges, the hard things I've gone through, once I get past it a little bit, I always look back and go, oh, so God, you did that to do this, to do this, to, oh, got it. And I had to go through that so that, wow, they could be blessed. Okay. But we miss it sometimes when we're in the middle of it. In that song, The Blessing, there's in the bridge, it says, may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. Maybe you're saying that somewhere that I didn't get that in my family, I never had that blessing from my mom, dad, guardian, grandma, grandpa. That's okay. You can be the first. And then you pass it on to generation and your children and their children's children until the Lord comes back. God gives you that opportunity through faith and love of his son, Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful that I have that, but I only have it a couple generations back in my own family. My grandfather gave his heart to Christ. Frederick William Bates III gave his life to Christ when my father almost died falling out of the back of a Studebaker in like 1948, 49, something like that. Doctors gave him up in a military hospital. There's nothing we can do. He's not going to live. We can't do anything. And my grandfather said, God, if you will save my son, I will serve you the rest of my life. And God's like, okay, I'm going to hold you to it. And he did. You know, and Beth's mother and father that came to Christ and their belief and the strong background that they had as a family that has led to healing and people in their family, if they wouldn't have had those beliefs and strong faith in Jesus Christ, you know, God saved uh, Beth's father from having to serve in Vietnam. He served in Vietnam, but, you know, brought him home. We have those things and we have that children's children ours. But if you don't have that, don't use that as an excuse to not give it to the next generation. And if you don't have children of your own, then how are you making sure that other people's children's children's children have an opportunity to do that? Uh, A mom I know asked me to come to an award ceremony the other day. um, And it was for just a preschool graduation. And... I could have picked other things to do, but this mom needed somebody to be there. And I went. And although I think graduations for little children that young sometimes are funny, I went because I knew that God wanted me to blessing, but I know that I was a blessing and I got a blessing out of it. I got a kick out of it. It was funny. And the kids that were there, they thought it was neat because I was in uniform because I was at another event that day and they were like, oh cool, there's this guy in uniform. So find ways that you can be a blessing to others. I hope today you kind of understand at the end of this that, that God is for you. That song says it so well. God is for you. He has the best for you. From when he set up this blessing, God's intention that it would be generation to generation to generation. No gap. No breakdown. 
But we have to make a decision to be part of that from generation to generation and to share that blessing with others and make sure that the blessing is not all about us because it's not. It's more about how do we bless others and how does God use you to bless others around you? Because that's what makes a difference. There are plenty of people in the world today that don't think that, that don't, that want something. Go out this week, find places where you can be a blessing to someone else. And if you don't get a blessing right back for it and you get a snarl or a mean look, okay, it's not your responsibility. You be a blessing to somebody else. You serve someone else. You sit next to that person that's an office over that won't walk to see you. You get off your fourth point of contact and you go talk to them. It won't hurt. You need the exercise anyway. That's what I tell myself. I need to get up anyway. I'm going to speak this blessing over you today as I finish up from Psalm 67. It's a little bit different, but I thought it fits really well. And then I'm going to let the praise team speak or sing. Psalm 67 say, says, May God be gracious to us and bless us. May he, may he make his face shine upon us so that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. In other words, you being a witness and serving others is what that verse says to me. You showing Jesus Christ to those around you and blessing other people. Let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. It doesn't say about praising us. It talks about praising God. Let the nations rejoice and shout for joy, for you judge the peoples with fairness and you lead the nations of the earth. I pray that today God uses this just to remind you that when you're tired, keep finding a way to serve, keep finding a way to bless others, even when it's tiring and uncomfortable. Let him use you to bless other people. There's plenty of opportunities for it. Let him use you this week. Thank you. You're going to sing this song of blessing. If you want to join in, you can stand up and sing with us.